of inclusive sanitation, access to a safe and clean toilet is considered a right, not a privilege. Yet the world still has work to do to deliver sanitation for all by 2030, as targeted by the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and recent efforts to consider gender minorities in the sector are an emerging imperative. In this podcast, Asian Development Bank Urban Development Specialist Alexander Conroy, ADB Gender Equality and Social Inclusion Specialist Shuveksha Khatka, and Water Aid's Head of Policy and Advocacy Seema Rajuria discussed how gender identity affects sanitation users' experiences in developing Asia and the Pacific, drawing upon case studies from Nepal. They also describe actions to make sanitation more inclusive for transgender people. Hi Alex, Shuvaksha, Seema, welcome to Asia's Developing Future. To start things off, Alex, can you briefly define the meaning of gender minorities? Let's define what we mean by gender minorities. This means people whose gender identity, so whether they identify as a man, a woman or other, or their expression, be it masculine, feminine or something else, is different from the sex they were assigned at birth, which is typically, though not always, male or female. So transgender people, for example, those who are born male but identify as female, are considered one of several gender minorities. Okay, so what's the sanitation situation for gender minorities in Nepal? Can you give us an example? If we look at data from the World Health Organization and UNICEF, about 77% of people in Nepal have access to a functioning toilet at home. But once we try to look for data that is broken down by gender, things get much more difficult. Data tends to be the first thing policy and lawmakers, as well as designers and engineers, need to be able to make good, well-informed decisions. But what we do have, albeit on a limited scale, is qualitative or anecdotal information about the challenges faced by transgender people in accessing sanitation in Nepal. In your work in recent years, Shivaksha, how has the recognition of sexual and gender minorities evolved in the region? What kind of policy support can help? If we talk first about ADB operations, gender mainstreaming is a policy requirement. However, ADB's Nepal resident mission initiated JESI mainstreaming, G-E-S-I, which stands for gender equality and social inclusion in its operations. Not as a reaction to ADB policy, but because the government of Nepal had embraced JESI in all its plans and policies, even before the 2015 constitution, which envisions Nepal as an inclusive state and which guarantees the right to equality for all its citizens. Nepal has recognized and decriminalized same-sex relationships and taken a few actions to implement policies for people with diverse sexual orientation, gender identity and expressions, and sex characteristics. And there is another acronym here for this phrase, which is SOGS. Another is the recent inclusion of a third sex option as others in 2021 census to be able to count the total number of persons from sexual and gender minorities at the household level. How have these plans and policies impacted the sanitation sector in Nepal so far? 
When it comes to accessing basic services, the diverse OGS community faces continued challenges, mainly because of discrimination and stereotyping against them, but also because of the lack of inclusive infrastructure. For example, the lack of public toilets that are gender inclusive, so toilets with facility for men, women and all genders, will make it difficult for them to be in schools, markets and public areas. Even public toilets that were built under previous ADB-supported projects are mostly sex-segregated, which limits sanitation services to diverse SUGS community. So this is definitely something that we have learned from and we'll be looking at differently in future projects. Can you tell us about gender equality and social inclusion mainstreaming in the design and implementation of sanitation projects in Nepal? So when we design new projects, we conduct a poverty, social and gender analysis as well as a JC analysis to understand the challenges or the barriers that women and other disadvantaged groups in accessing services. These analysis not only provide information on existing issues, but also provide a basis to plan how project can address those challenges and how we can design better interventions. Can you illustrate how this works in practice? One example is the ADB-supported third small town water supply and sanitation project, which focused on household sanitation facilities and public awareness on water, sanitation and hygiene. Based on a poverty and social assessment, the project incorporated a component using output-based aid, which essentially involves using performance-based grants to support the delivery of basic services. So the output-based aid ensured that poor and disadvantaged advantaged household benefited from improved sanitation, in this case through construction of private toilets. This same approach uh, can be replicated to specifically address the sanitation needs of sexual and gender minorities. Water Aid has been actively involved in the water, sanitation and hygiene sector in Nepal and internationally. Seema, what is the role of non-government actors in promoting the inclusion of gender minority community in this sector? When it comes to water, sanitation and hygiene, there is a section of the constitution that explicitly states that every citizen has the right to water and sanitation. Sanitation is a complex topic with links to health and to social and economic development. It affects everyone but is championed by few. This is where civil society organizations or CSOs and NGOs come in. Can you unpack that? CSOs and NGOs can help raise awareness to reduce stigma and discrimination against disadvantaged groups so that the barriers to accessing services can be removed. NGOs can work closely with diverse SOGC groups and support them to be the drivers of change. CSO networks are better suited to identify those who are really in need of better sanitation practices and facilities and give them a voice in decision-making. They can be the catalyst to advocate the government for policy and practice. Change. The government of Nepal is also developing a public toilet guideline and water aid is supporting this. We are also continuously advocating to the government for better practices in the sector. To wrap up, Seema, what are some basic steps that can be taken by the development community to ensure gender minorities are not left behind in the sanitation sector? 
Advocacy on sanitation for sexual and gender minorities should be a continuous process and a holistic approach to water, sanitation and hygiene should be promoted. Otherwise, change becomes transactional and will last only until something else comes along. It has to be based on sustained engagement with sexual and gender minorities where they are supported to get organized and set the agenda and where they can work with NGOs, the development community and the government to drive the topic of safe and secure sanitation practices and facilities. Ensure sanitation infrastructure and services such as public toilets and those in schools and institutions and the provision of menstrual health and hygiene facilities as well as awareness and behavior change initiatives all take into account the needs of sexual and gender minorities. To do so, the voice of sexual and gender minorities needs to be heard and they need to be given a platform and an active role in decisions right from the planning stage through to design and implementation. This is not just about infrastructure, but also about knowledge, behavior change, and addressing stigma. This has been Asia's Developing Future, brought to you by the Asian Development Bank Institute. For more information about us, visit adbi.org.